But let's take our Bibles and turn to Daniel chapter 6 tonight. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. We see a contrast in regards to prayer in Daniel chapter 6. And I never really noticed it until I just wanted to study the words that we're referring to prayer in this passage. And we have the, for lack of a better word, the Christian version of prayer, which we will say Daniel did. I know that Christian is a New Testament term, but he, he followed the Lord. He, he, he was, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, because of faith, it was counted unto him to righteousness. He was part of that group. And so he was a follower of God. And, and uh, no doubt that when Jesus Christ preached to those in captivity, he raised his hand very quickly and trusted the Lord, I'm sure, and, uh, because he was a man of faith. And of the Old Testament characters that we read about, he had more faith than, than many, many of them. He lived through the reign of four different kings and uh, suffered persecution uh, from time. And one of the persecutions he faced was under King Darius. King Darius is an interesting character because we read in the book of Ezra that at that point, King Darius was a righteous man. And he had, uh, he had uh, helped rebuild part of the temple. And, and after he rebuilt the temple, he set the Jews out to find the scrolls. And the Bible says that he read from the scrolls in Ezra chapter 6. And so when he read from the scrolls, he read some very interesting things that would have triggered in his heart what we read tonight. And I'm going to, uh, we'll refer to both of those and we'll show you both of those things. Uh, it, must have, it must have floored him to think when he heard about Daniel praying that Daniel uh, used the very, the very same word the Holy Spirit used, was only used one other time in the Bible, and it was in reference to what Ezra read, or uh, Darius read from the, uh, in the book of Ezra. And so let's look tonight, Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. Keep that in mind, there's 120 princes. It doesn't mean they were royalty, it just means they were leaders. And that's, that's what it talks about. We were reminded of in the Old Testament, or earlier on in the Old Testament, when they went to represent the tribes of Israel, they said one prince from every tribe. And it just meant an influential man, one that was a leader among the men. Verse 2, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first. So now we have 123 leaders. We have 120 princes, and we have uh, three presidents. And Daniel was preferred above all those of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might have accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. And so the king didn't have to run around. He knew how to delegate, in other words. King Darius delegated to these 120. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Now, there's something interesting here we need to consider. Why did they not like Daniel? The Bible does not say that they did not like him because he was a spiritual man or followed the Lord. I think it's just simply they did not like him because he was preferred. There was some jealousy taking place here. They didn't like that he was in charge. 
Now think about this. I'm assuming that most of these princes and these presidents were Babylonians, but Daniel was not. And that must have really bothered them to think that the king had preferred Daniel. We see similar, don't we, when Joseph was preferred above all the men of Egypt. He was the second command over all the Egyptians. And so it's amazing how because of an excellent spirit, the Bible says, God elevated Daniel to this position just as he elevated Joseph earlier on. So the Bible says the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against him, but they said, we will find no fault. He is faithful. In verse 5, then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. They knew if we're going to trip him up, we're going to have to go after his faith. We're going to find about his religion. Verse 6, then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said unto him, King Darius, live forever. Now they lie. Notice what they say next. All the presidents, are they telling the truth? Of course not. There was 120 princes, there was three presidents, but only 122 are gathered. Daniel was not included. They said all of the presidents, all of the, of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whatsoever shall ask a, a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast in the den of lions. We know Daniel didn't agree to that. Daniel, when they said all of us agree, no, Daniel, of course he didn't agree to that. Verse 8. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. So they appealed to his ego. They said, King Darius, if anybody's going to pray, they ought not pray to a god, they ought to pray to you. Anything they ask, any petition that they bring, they ought to come to you with it. Wherefore, verse 9, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? And the king answered and said, The thing is true. According to the law of the Medes and Persians, and this is key, which altereth not. And what King Darius is saying is even I can't break this law. I can't change it. It's been signed as a decree and it alters not. Verse 13, then answered they and said before the king that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. I'm not going to read the rest of the story because we have encapsulated all these words about prayer within the 13 verses that we have read. And we know the story, don't we? Because the king was bound by the law, and even though he loved uh, Daniel, had him cast into the den of lions, but God shut the lions' mouths. And eventually all those others were thrown 
to the lions. And the Bible says at the last verse, so this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. God blessed him and elevated him because he was faithful. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get into it. Father, help us tonight to study out these ideas about prayer that we find in the Word of God. Lord, we know that prayer is just simply coming to God in faith and asking. But Lord, there's some intricacies about these words tonight that will help us understand what God thinks of prayer and what the world thinks of prayer. So I pray, Lord, that you'd help us have a Bible opinion of it. Help us understand what God expects. And so, Father, we thank you for these wor- uh, the, the word tonight. Help us with it. May the Spirit of God teach us. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's look, if you will, first of all, verse 10. In verse 10, we notice what the Holy Spirit records about Daniel's prayer, first of all, all right? So we have two perspectives here. We have the Holy Spirit recording what Daniel did, and then we have the Holy Spirit recording what all these princes and presidents said he did. In other words, faithfully recording their perspective of what Daniel was doing. Up until this point, they said, O king, if any man make a petition... A petition is a good word for prayer. It means to, we, we understand what a petition is in our society. It means to protest or to ask for something. And when we petition God, we are asking for something. We are, we are uh, laying down our requests before God. But look at verse 10. The Bible says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his window being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day, and prayed. There's the first word, prayed. They said, well, we see that all through the Bible. We understand what the word prayed means. This word that in the Hebrew for prayed only appears twice in the entire word of God. It's the word selah. It's spelled T-S-A-L-Y. It's a little bit different than selah that we see in the book of Psalms, which is a word of agreement or similar to the word amen, or it means literally, let it be so. But this word selah, spelled with the T at the beginning, T-S, I, I spelled it wrong, I'm sorry, I said an A in there, it's T-S-E-L-Y, it's like Tesla with the words, letters, E-N-S, switched around. Selah is the pronouncement, it means to bow down or fall prostrate. So this word pray is more about the posture of prayer. It means to fall on our face before God. So when Daniel prayed, the Bible says he kneeled down three times a day, and it simply says he prayed. But if we were to expand that word, the Jewish person reading this in the Hebrew would understand Daniel didn't just fall on his knees, he bowed on his face before God. They may not have made out the words that he was saying. They may not have understood. As a matter of fact, Daniel may have prayed without words. It was a matter of bowing before God and pouring out his heart before the Lord. There's a story of a preacher by the name of Praying Hyde, John Hyde. And the Bible says that, uh, the story goes, not the Bible, the story goes that that he was often asked to pray for great revivals, especially ones that D.L. Moody would preach. And and, and so uh, there was a a quip about it one time where a uh, preacher uh, he asked the preacher, could I pray for your revival meetings? And he said, absolutely. And he says, would you send me a list of some people that, that, are, that are in great need and, and I would like to pray for them? And he sent him a list of the entire city, the entire city's role of people. He says, pray for these. But the story goes that a man entered into him and said, but I'd like to learn to pray with you. And they said, he went into the room with him and for 30 minutes he laid on his face before he even uttered a groan. That's what Daniel did when he prayed. 
The word selah means to bow or to fall prostrate, and it only happens twice in Scripture. In Ezra chapter 6, and I'll turn there and read a little bit to you, I, I, I told you already that King Darius has rebuilt some of the temple and they're dedicating it, and he says, go get the scrolls, and Darius himself begins to read the word of God to the people. And here's what he says, and here's where the word is used in verse 10, that they may offer sacrifices of sweet savor unto the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and of his sons. Think about this. In the book of Daniel, these princes and these, these presidents are returning to the king, and they're saying Daniel is praying. He is bowing prostrate on his face before God. And that's against the law of the Medes and the Persian. And Darius, in his mind, thinks the only other time I've heard that word is when I read the scriptures and it says the people will fall on their face and pray for me, the king. That must have been convicting. It must have broke his heart to think of what he has done to Daniel. And though he's bound by the law of the Medes and the Persians, and we see instantly his regret over this law, and, and he hurt him to have to put Daniel in the lion's den, but he was bound by the law, it must have been a convicting thought spiritually that the only other time this appears in Scripture when it's a prayer for King Darius himself. Incredible to think. It means to bow. A lot of times we go to the Lord and we just mumble a quick prayer. We've all been guilty of it. And I understand there's times where we don't have time to prostrate ourselves before the Lord. I mean, uh, you ever been on an icy road and coming to a bend a little too fast? It's okay to pray. We, we shoot out quick prayers, don't we? Lord, help me. Lord, I, I guide this car. Lord, keep me from crashing. And I think the Lord completely understands that. But when we have the time, we ought to prostrate ourselves before the Lord. Humble our hearts. Humble ourselves. Before God. And then there's another little phrase there in verse 10 that, that refers to prayer as well. It says, He prayed and gave thanks. He prayed and gave thanks. Think about this. When the Holy Spirit tells us what Daniel is doing, he doesn't ask for anything, he just gives thanks. The Bible never says, the Holy Spirit never tells us that he says, God, there's an unjust law and they're going to get upset if they find me praying and would you protect me, would you? He never asks for himself. The Bible simply says he prays and he gives thanks. Do you know that that word, it's interesting that we see the word prayed only twice. The Hebrew word selah, we only see it twice in the entire word of God. This word for give thanks, we only see it twice in the word of God as well. We see it again uh, and one other time in the book of Psalms, and it literally means it's translated in Psalms to give praise. When we give thanks, we give praise. We are worshiping God for what he has done for us. And so in our gratefulness, in our thankful hearts, we are praising God. And so that's what Daniel did. Think about this. An unjust law comes down and a, an entire nation is conspiring against Daniel. And his response is, I will go like I did before. And three times a day, I will fall on my face before God and I will thank him and I will praise him. And Daniel did, just like he did before. That's what the Holy Spirit records for us. Those are the two things that the Holy Spirit recorded that Daniel did. But notice what these pagans said he did. Look at verse 11. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making a supplication 
before his God. So now they're reporting back to King Darius. They caught what he was doing and they assembled together and they found him looking through his window. They see what he's doing and they came near and they spake before the king in verse 12 concerning the king's decree. And they, they begin to tell him what he's doing. But here's what they notice. First of all, he's praying. He's praying. Now, this word praying is a different word than we've already looked at. It means to seek favor. I, you, you may uh, see the word pray. Uh, um, how, how many of you have seen in the Bible where it says, tell me I pray thee? You seen that? And, and that's what it's mean. it means. The phrase literally means, if you find favor in me, would you please tell me? And so the, a phrase, I pray thee, means, have I found favor in thee? Uh, am I favored by thee? And so when we say the word pray, uh, or the, these pagans were talking about prayer, they're saying he is just seeking favor from his God, and he's supposed to be looking to Darius to find favor. And that was their accusation. They didn't understand that he was worshiping. They didn't understand he was giving thanks. They didn't understand that he was, that he was going to the, the, the throne room of grace, if you will. All they said was he was seeking favor. And then it says right after that, they found Daniel praying and making supplication. They said, what does that word supplication mean? It means to implore God's favor. So I, I think it's like this. There's guys peeking in the window and one guy says, Ah, he's trying to seek favor with his God. And somebody else says, no, 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 he's begging. He's pleading for God's favor. He's not just praying. He is, he is, he's reaching out and he's, he's pleading with God. He's begging with God. And I believe that they probably laughed a little bit. They probably said, we've got him backed up in a corner. Look at this fool. He's on his face and he's begging and he's pleading to some God that we don't believe in and somebody that we don't even believe exists. Look how foolish he has made himself look as he begs and pleads. And if they were to look through the window that Daniel was looking through, they'd say, we see nothing that he's praying to. There was no idol. There was no statue. There was no image. There was no icon. There was nothing like they were used to praying to. And they said, what is wrong with this Daniel? He is begging and pleading to the air. He's praying and making supplication. But from that, we learn a little bit more about prayer, don't we? It's interesting that it means to seek God's favor. No, 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 let's beg for it. Let's bow before our Lord and let's plead with him to show his favor upon us. Let us ask for his blessing. Let him smile upon us. So as they watched Daniel, I want to say this, there was no pretense at all. Daniel didn't seem to care who saw him or what happened? He just fell on his face before God. Well, then they use one more word in verse 13. Verse 12, it says, Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? Now, you'll see in verse 12, you say, what about that word petition? The word petition's in italics. That means the translators have put that in there to help us understand the context. It's not part of the originals. You can't look up that word in the Hebrew. And so there's just no way to understand. But if you leave that word out, because it was added for understanding, the original says the same thing. It says, Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask any God or man? They've just added the word petition, so we understand what they mean by ask. We're asking God. We are pleading with God. 
And so understand that. So we're going we're gonna to jump over that one because it's in italics. Now look down. O king shall be cast in the den of lions. The king answered and said, The king is true. The, the, the thing is true. According to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition. Now it's not in italics. Three times a day. So the word petition is also used in verse 7. It's interesting. And here's why. We understand the word petition to mean to make your request known unto God. It means to ask for things. And perhaps Daniel at times did ask, but the Bible says that he gave thanks. He wasn't asking God for anything. And as they observed him, they said he is praying and he's supplicating. He's praying and he's making supplication unto God, but they never said that he was petitioning God. Do you notice that? But now when they come to the king, they said, Daniel's making a petition. Why do you suppose they changed their words? A moment ago, they said, well, he's praying or he's making supplication. Now when they go to the king, they say he's making a petition. And here's why. Because the law did not say you could not pray or make supplication. It said you could not make a petition. And they said, the only way we'll trap him is make sure the words are exactly the same. Do you see the conspiracy laid out before us? I I mean, they they were conspiring one with another. And they said, now, when you go to the king, don't say pray. Don't say supplication. Make sure you say petition because the law says no petition shall be made to any god but King Darius. So they got their stories all lined up and they went to the king. But we learn more about prayer through this word petition. Think about this, the pagans were afraid of prayer. That that ought to be an encouragement to us. We had a meeting last night, and um, I don't know if anybody's here that was at that meeting. There was a a young lady uh, that had kind of come through the church and grown up in the church, and she had some things going on in her life, and, and so she has a couple social workers working with her now. She hasn't been in church in a long time. And they called, and they said, could we meet with... Some, some of the youth workers and some other people. And, and so they said, they gave us the names of the people they wanted to meet. And so those, those came and my wife and I were here and we just, we met and they said, we just want to try to support this, this young lady and we want to, and, and so we, we went and we listened and, and uh, I'm going to be honest with you, it was all humanism. And uh, my wife, she is Texan. And he said, what does that mean? you don't have to guess what she's thinking. It comes out. And uh, so we, we, we listened for a little while, and my wife went, can I say something? I went, oh. And I thought, okay, the gloves are off. And she says, I'm going to tell you what this young lady was brought up on. You're, you're talking about financial support, and you're talking about marijuana, and you're talking about all those things. I'll tell you what she needs. She needs Jesus. And she gave the gospel. And I was so proud, and I thought, that's good. Well, then, this, this children's aid, they start downplaying it. Well, that's, that's good for you, but if this young lady doesn't want that, then uh, we need uh, you know, counseling, and we need this, and we need that. And uh, another lady was there, and she says, well, I feel like you're downplaying what we're saying, but we believe. And, well, I, do, I don't mean to offend. And I said, let me interrupt you. I said, you didn't offend us, but I said, you need to understand, our philosophy is completely different than yours. 
To us, it sounds like you have the cart before the horse. You talk about this young lady needing a foundation. We believe Jesus is the solid rock. You talk about her needing counselor. We believe Jesus is a wonderful counselor. And so we believe, first and foremost, she needs Jesus Christ. You're talking about support, and we're saying, come to church. There's 250 people here to support you and love you. And uh, I said, if she still needs counseling, we're happy to help with that. We're happy to show her the Bible and teach her the principles of God's word. But you know, you're, you're all about secular stuff and counseling. And so we may seem backwards to you, but honestly, you seem backwards to us because we believe Jesus is the answer. And so they didn't have the meeting they expected. And uh, they, they went to shut down this meeting. It got kind of quiet after that. And they, well, you know, we, we've kind of accomplished everything we want to accomplish. And, and uh, she says, uh, uh, one of the other people that were there said, well, this is kind of a weird way to dismiss. We always dismiss with prayer at church. And uh, the lady turns to this young lady. She says, well, would you like? And I said, I looked at her. And I said, hey, we're going to pray. And I said, Cody. Cody was there. I said, go ahead and lead us in a word of prayer. And they all went, oh. <laughs> you could hear audible gasps. They did not like that we closed that meeting in prayer. But listen, we need more Daniels today. And I was so proud of our people that were at that meeting last night. Every last one of them spoke up for the Lord. And said, what this young lady needs, absolutely she needs support. Absolutely she needs people to love her. But if she has Jesus Christ and gets into a church family, she'll have all that. And we'd be happy to encourage her and strengthen her in the Lord. We need more Daniels today. And I, and I was so proud of our church folks last night for how they stood for the Lord. Petition. Taking it to the Lord. Asking God. It's so important that we understand that. Prayer is more than asking, though. From this passage, we learn that Daniel bowed himself in humility before God. And he pleaded with God and he supplicated before God. And he sought God's face. He looked for God's favor. You know, sometimes that's, I'll be honest, sometimes we just make decisions, I make decisions, and I haven't sought God's favor first. I, I want to know that it's what he desires, that he's pleased with what I'm about to do. So seek him, follow after him. And as we go for prayer tonight, let's, let's keep these in mind. Let's, let's take some time and praise him and give thanks first before we ever ask him for anything. We need to ask according to his will. And I, I say with all my heart that if you're praying for a soul to be saved, you don't have to wonder if that's God's will or not. He's not willing that any should perish. You just go ahead and pray for them. You know, but there's other things that I don't know. And sometimes I say, Lord, what's your will on this? What, how should I pray? There are certain things we know and there are certain things we have to ask God. What is your will? And just trust him. He knows what is best. Let's pray. Father, help us, Lord, tonight as we come to prayer. We pray that you hear our cries, know our hearts. And Lord, we'll thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Spend some time in prayer.